Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. A silent storm begins to brew in an ancient land of darkness. With tumultuous force from the crust of the earth, two worlds come together as one from the past and the present, celebrating culture and spirit, paving the pathway to our future. It's time for dreaming. Urban dreaming. Finding your voice. Finding your spirit. Joy 94.9. Warren Jacker, Joy 94.9 would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the sovereign peoples of the past, present and future generations of the Kulin Nations on whose unceded land we work, live and broadcast from. We would also like to acknowledge all our brother boys and sister girls of the LGBTI communities. Yes, welcome to Urban Dreaming. This is Sarami on the mic. And um, we couldn't help but get our last guest from last week's show because I just found it incredibly in- insightful in regards to her work, just her passion with um, with the work and obviously for our mob in, you know, in representation. And that's Lani Ilk. And Lani Ilk's with us now. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's so good to see you. And I'm, I'm actually um, hoping that Lani Ilk will be a part of Urban Dreaming for the next few months to come. Because, yeah. Um, this is something really exciting for us because we are forever trying to get Mob to come in and actually represent mm. the show because, you know, a lot of us are freelance, freelance artists. Yep. So it's always good to have, you know, Mob to come in and fill in when we can't be here so, yep. because this is important. This radio show is very important. Definitely. So we've got a really interesting show this evening. Um, tonight we'll be discussing homelessness in Victoria and particularly on ab- Aboriginal um, homelessness and because our Mob are basically the... 25% of representation of the whole in regards to on being on the streets. So it's, um, I think it'd be nice to have a chat about that. And we've actually got a couple of guests who are currently living on the street. Mm. Um, and we were in a bit of a situation last week and it'd be nice to have a look at in discussion to that also. And also we'll be having a um, bit of lightness too. We'll be talking to an amazing artist who's a rapper and he's a musician and a filmmaker. And he'll be playing a bit of ukulele for us, which is great. Um, and I actually got to meet him and you were part of that gig last week with him or the week before, sorry. Yeah, Black Dot gallery yeah, yeah 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 so that's um vatericio chuacaba i hope i spelled i pronounced that correctly very exciting so um yeah he'll be in the studio probably by about eight thirty. so tune in guys we're here till 9 p.m and um we're going to chuck a song on for you right now this is jeffrey gurumo yunipingu with bapa <laughs>
Hi, this is Alfie Curie. You're listening to Urban Dreaming on Joy. Yes, you're in Urban Dreaming. This is Sarami on the mic and... Ladiuk. Hey. And now we've got our special guests, actually, and this is Sydney and Sue. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So um, we, we were just mentioning before, for those who have just tuned in to us, um, we'll be discussing the topic of homelessness in Victoria. And now our mob are specifically represented in the 25% mark of the whole of the, um, I guess, the nationwide in regards mm. to the percentage. Which is crazy because on a national percentage, we make up, what, 2%? Yeah. 2% of but the we national... make up 60% of the population in prison. Yeah. Exactly. I think mm. it was actually uh, statistically proven to be 75% of the um, incarceration yeah, percentage wow. as well. So mm. it just goes to show um, in regards to what we've, we've always discussed and, and on this show particularly about uh, intergenerational trauma and how a lot of our mob are offending, are doing things to, I guess, to that degree and, you know, and also alcohol and, and, um, and drug abuse that's been going on to, to become a Band-Aid, I guess, in a sense, mm. to, because we're, um, there's a lot of stuff that's happened from intergenerational trauma that's happened for so long. And, and I guess a lot of trauma continuing coping. as well, really. I mean, even with this discussion that we had last week around sunrise and the removal of Aboriginal children, I mean, that, that sort of pattern of behaviour isn't slowing down, it's speeding up. So, it's, yes, it's intergenerational trauma that we're con- passing on, but we're also continuing to live in. And, I mean, that I guess, yeah, a lot of those issues extend beyond the Aboriginal community as well. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And um, and f- I'm funny you said that too because we actually got a, a lady who is um, non-Indigenous, and that's Sue mm. in the studio with us right now. And Sydney is actually from Canberra, and he's actually, he is Aboriginal. So um, let us know a bit more about your background, Sydney, and, um, yeah, and, and how you ended up in the, in the streets of Melbourne. I'm actually... Uh, um I'm an Indigenous man, like we are. We're wanderers, you know, a bit of a nomad, you know. Like I was born in Footscray in Melbourne and I grew up in a small town called Berrigan till I was 10 and then I went up to Queensland, lived up there for 16 years, spent a lot of time in prison, you know, like for bad things and nothing that bad, but, yeah cost me a lot of my life and then I got out and I done my university and done everything while I was in there. I, I, I done everything that I could while I was in there. I used the, the programs that they had in there for me, you know, so I finished my year 10, 11 and 12 and then went to university and studied business management. I was the head cook. I was, you know, I'd done really well, but like, um, when things don't go well for me, um, I seem to turn to, to alcohol. Not so much drugs, but alcohol. And, um, yeah, it doesn't always work out for me, but I don't know. I don't know if you say we're well, at a crossroads or now. I've been at the crossroads for a long time, but, like, I think that, like, I play football for a club in Shepparton, which is an Aboriginal club called Rumbalara. And I've been playing there for five years. I um, umpire junior football. You know, I do good things. But when something happens that I can't handle, I don't know why, but I always turn to the drink. And I start drinking and then you next thing you know, I'm on the streets again. So, Sydney, in regards to what you're saying too, because it's really important to know that, for, like, for us personally, I know what it's like. When, if, if I'm in, down in the dumps or I, I feel like I have some, some things that I, I can't specifically deal on my own with, I, I generally have a support network. Whereas I'm wondering for you, Mob on the Street, that what, is, what are the service providers for you guys on the streets and do you even have enough knowledge to know where to go to or who to speak to in regards to when you're in these situations? Well, I've, I've, I've done the street thing before. I've done it for a long time, you know, like, and like I said, like, things have really thrown me out a few times and I don't know, you might call me a weak person or anything like that, but I don't handle that stuff well. But um, I do have the supports. I do have the supports, but I can, I'm, I'm trying to be... No, I'm not a small guy. I'm pretty well respected by everybody and it took me a long time to get this respect that I've got now. But in the same token, you know, like, I sort of brush them off a little bit because I'm like, I'll get out of this myself. I'll get out of this myself. I'll get out of it myself. And, um, you know, like, there's people that are helping me. But, you know, like, it's hard living on the streets. It's so hard, especially in winter. In summer, it's not too bad. Mm. And you know why I drink every single day? Because I can pass out and go to sleep anywhere. 
might wake up at 3 or 4 in the morning cold, but then I'll sleep the rest of the day in the sun. You know, and, and it sucks. It really sucks. It sucks doing this. You know, like, I don't get much sleep at night. you got places here that will help you out, but you know that there's a lot of riffraff and all that. But, you know, you can't, you can't go to sleep when you want to have a sleep. Yeah, there's times yeah. I know when I've walked... I've, I've actually from, you know, because I'm from the Kimberleys and we, we are used to being in hot country. And um, now and then we get a bit of cold country. But when I moved to Melbourne, I was thinking, how do these mob handle being in the cold? You know, especially when you see a lot of them who have got no clothes as well. Like, I see, like, right now, you it's cold weather and you're wearing a singlet, for example. I, I'm thinking, like, is it just you're, you're waiting for people of goodwill to give you some stuff from clothing? Or, or do you actually have somewhere where... <sighs> Uh, maybe the Salvation Army come to you and they offer you these services? Or, yeah, where do you go to get a blanket even? Well, I've had blankets given to me, but, like... And the thing that really is, you know, like, homeless people are... I don't know, they're desperate. I'm desperate. I'm desperate myself. But they seem to steal off each other. You know, I don't know who it is. I had a blanket, I had everything. Sue gave me a blanket and she goes, last night I slept with a bath towel, a little bath mat towel, because I was, was that cold and I asked someone for a blanket and they go, look, this is all i got. And I went, all right. So I, I covered myself with the blood. I just wanted it for my head, actually, because I wanted a pillow. And then I started getting cold and then I put the bath mat on me and just like that. Laid, 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 laid. It, it's, it's tough on the street. You know, I've done the street things a long time. I've done the street things a long time. And this time, it's actually breaking me more than ever. Because I set myself up a long time ago. I, I've done really well. I had a good job. I've always worked my whole life. But this time, it's breaking me. And I've got my good friend here, Sue, that's helped me out so much. Yeah, Sue. Actually, I met Sue last week now. I was actually walking in the streets and I noticed there was 30 police officers walking and there was a bit of a situation and they, they were basically standing around like there's in a barricade. And I was um, asking a few people on the street what was happening and, and um, a few people just said to me, I think there's a bit of a, a, a deal going on and um, they're trying to get this guy to arrest him. Um, so I just waited around and just wanted to see what was happening. And I noticed that they were just particularly picking on one person. Um, and he was, uh, he was a Pacific Islander dude. And he, he was just, he seemed like he was just minding his own business, you know. And I noticed Sue was sort of, sort of standing there and in support and just making sure that he was okay. Um, Sue, let us know what the situation was when um, we were there. Because I, I found out there was much more, wasn't there? Yeah, sure. We had um, racing in the city and uh, it, it appears that when there's a big event that um, hierarchy um, seem to uh, dictate terms that they want the street cleaned up and nice and pretty for, for visitors, which may be fair enough on, on one, uh, in one respect, but in the other respect homeless people don't have anywhere really to go and you tend to uh, congregate um, in a place uh, and uh, keep that place uh, if you can as your own you know people come visit you people know where you are you know where they are um, so this young man actually is a pretty genteel sort of a guy the one you were speaking about and um, he was uh, trying to do his best uh, he's um, very you know quietly spoken he wasn't causing a problem. He had no, uh, you know, alcohol or drug issues creating an issue. Um, he was simply on a, you know, couple of sheets of cardboard and he had a couple of boxes at the end of that sheets of cardboard. So they, were, they bring up a, a few laws and some of them seem to be a bit ancient. But one that they like to um, try and um, push forward is, is obstructing the footpath. And uh, which may be fair enough that there's nowhere to get around. But, of course, there's plenty of room to, to get around. And this young fellow was thinking, well, I'll let people know I'm here. So he put one box at one end and one box at the other end. And uh, so he psychologically is thinking he'll, he'll warn people. Um, and, yeah, so they will come intimately and ask your name, which really we don't have to give if, uh, if we, you know, if they don't suspect that we're committing crime. But it, it becomes a pattern. Every now and then they'll come and ask everybody their name and, you know, details. Um, which they've done for a few days prior. So it seems to be a bit of a build-up. So he didn't want to move. It's a bit of a drama to take all your things with you every day, and uh, um, which, which, you know, that's fair enough. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because they, they were saying there was an obstruction to public space and yeah. the, the guy was actually was nowhere near the, the pathway. Um, he was basically just on the side near the, the windows. And, and in, in reference to, you know, I guess you look at the buskers, for example, and they, they are doing performances and it's, I find it really difficult as, as a, um, a pedestrian to walk through these um, spaces sometimes because they're overpopulated. Um, and, you know, that's, that's because they're performing and, and people are drawn to that, of course. Um, and they've got a licence, of course, to be able to do what they're doing. But it's interesting because I, I, I found that they, they were more of an obstruction than the guy who was sitting down by himself, you know, doing and minding his own business. Um, and the, what I found was unnecessary to have 30 police officers to be able to be sitting down and trying to tell this guy, you need to move right now. Um, it was really hard. It was actually hurt my heart because yeah, this, this yeah. guy was minding his own business. He, he wasn't. He wasn't there. Like he said, um, he wasn't doing yeah. anything. It's, it's an affrontery. What, what happens is you feel criminalised, and uh, there's a difference between a, a crime and um, and you know disorder, or what have you. And the thing is that they can ask you to move along. But that may not be, in effect, actually legal to do that unless they believe that you're committing a crime. So we are asked to move along quite often and there's no crimes being committed. Um, and which most people are uh, amenable with. You'll, you'll, you'll pack up and you'll go. And sometimes you can be treated a little bit roughly and sometimes, um, you know, depending on your own attitude perhaps, um, it, you just get up and go. But in that situation that you're discussing that you viewed that day, yeah, they were pretty good buskers actually. <laughs> so they grew, grew a pretty good crowd. And it was sort of um, actually proved a point that day that um, there was a crowd of people looking at them, watching them, and they were actually blocking the pavement. Um, and they really were. So you had police up in uh, quite close to them, you know, gloved up and uh, across the pavement in front of us on the on, on the curbside and also speaking to the young gentleman you mentioned. Uh, and so they bring um, counsel as well, uh, ready to remove any um, in, any of your gear or anything that you might leave there or if you're not going to take it with you um, they can just, you know, take, take that away. Um, which is also a, a distressing situation for people who are homeless. That's all they have and often um, there's a cost involved replacing those things. You need to go to the toilet. It's not exactly lovely to think that when you wake up in the morning, most people, when they get up out of, out of bed, they can go to the toilet, they can make themselves breakfast. You have to pack up before you can even go to the toilet, basically. Mm. Or if you go to the toilet, um, you can come back and find everything that you have has been taken, uh, which is highly distressing. It really, really is making, I think, uh, unpopular to be homeless. And uh, so if they make it unpopular and uncomfortable, they're probably hoping that people will stop the practice. But in actual fact, I think that it, that's not going to be able to be stopped because um, it, it's going to become part of society. Our, uh, our you know, poverty levels are just, uh, they're there. And uh, even if you are on a benefit, some of the boarding homes, uh, they cost a lot of money. There are a lot of problem issues there. If you go to hospital for a few days, you may come back and find all of your goods have been taken. Uh, there's people taking people through court at the moment in relation to that and hoping to get some compensation. So they think they're starting off again. They'll, you know, get their payments and put that together to get substances off with furniture and then they'll come out of hospital and they'll find everything's gone. So it's a very rough situation and uh, and, it, and it becomes extremely depressing for a lot of people. So you have people mentioning, um, you know, uh, suicide or thinking of, you know, jumping in front of trams and it's that serious. The, the distress becomes that high on days for people out there and it's, um, it is an extremely serious issue. And when, um, you know, I have, I have empathy because I've, I've travelled... The only place I haven't been really is Darwin and uh, Alice Springs, but I've been in most other centres in Australia and I've been homeless for uh, nine years out of the last ten. So I've seen a fair bit of things. So I've seen, uh, um, you know, uh, Aboriginal people in Western Australia and how they are treated and how they, uh, what happens uh, in relation to them. And I've seen um, elders on the street here, a lovely lady there, and some rough treatment from police there. And it causes me a great deal of distress. I have uh, some empathy with stolen generation because I've had my own children taken from me without cause or reason, and it is extremely devastating. And I can see exactly what you're saying in relation to long-term complex trauma and it is generational it is definitely generational you lose that contact the distress is there somehow there isn't healing for it and uh, and and even if there is healing for complex trauma issues it's slow 
It's very slowly, uh, uh, you know, orchestrated and come across. And uh, without issues being sorted and without people really understanding what's happening, it becomes even more distressing for you. You know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying. Um, and, you know, there's so much complexity and difficulty in, in being homeless and, mm. and what you're sort of living through. And it's particularly as a woman as well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I feel unsafe walking the streets at night yes. sometimes. I can't yeah. imagine living on the streets for nine yeah. years. What I'm hearing as well is the sort of dehumanising way that people are interacting with homeless people. Yeah, there's I'm a fear. There's a fear too mm. in, in reporting incidents. Um, there's a, an older lady who was dragged into an alley and, and, and attacked by a younger person. She was sort of rescued uh, from a, you know, a, a grievous sort of harm, mm. uh, but it shocked her for, for a long, long time. And uh, when you consider that in the city, um, you have some pavement artists that are all career people, Aboriginal people, mm. and they're incredibly talented artists. Yeah incredibly talented people and so um every day they'll be there if necessary some have a few days break but their art is incredible and that art has been put down and the time and the value of that art the next day it's gone and uh that that may as a buskers they may you know receive a small amount of money for that but they're extremely talented people and it causes me because i've done some illustration uh, of children's books and i look at I look at this and I think this is incredible career value here, if possible. And uh, so you have all those other issues that, that, you know, steamroll people and they don't get some breath to get up, you know, mm. out of that water that's, that they're drowning in. And um, so there are other issues, of course, uh, but they're not, they're not. I, I know that there would be specific things uh, in relation to uh, Aboriginal people and, and certain health issues. And that's one thing that I personally notice is that people are discouraged somehow. Mm in helping people medically in other words look this is not a good place to be get yourself out of it and then we might help you Mm. seems to be the consensus Um, and so people get afraid to go to hospital or they just don't have the finance of course Mm. to go through um, um, detox and things like this Mm. so there's financial issues there yeah, and I think there ought to be an answerability about where all these finances go yeah. that come into to the city or come mm. into places. What what's actually being done with them? Mm. Yeah, so you come under pressure and to be sort of compartmentalised or either mm. under mental health or if you have a mental health problem, if you have a, a substance issue, um, if it's domestic violence, that seems to be the last one on the list. Mm. Um, so it seems to be mostly those those two two things, and um, and the pressure can be extreme from mental health teams. Yeah, yeah, it can be can be you know, full on. I I get a headache sometimes trying to work through Centrelink. You know, yeah. <laughs> the paperwork and the bureaucracy of accessing mm. so- resources mm. is sometimes such a, a maze. And I'm looking at you, and you're such an intelligent witty sharp person you know and i'm wondering what your experience is is like trying to access resources and what are the obstacles in getting help well with trauma you you go through three stages either you run Mm -hmm. um you fight or you just freeze and a lot of people freeze so there are people on the street who just can't get themselves to do these things because it's a major major issue to go and get a shower, to do your laundry, mm-hmm. um, unless somebody actually comes to you going to find those places. Often people's phones are stolen, they don't have access like that, or there isn't somebody at Centrelink to help them. So you become extremely discouraged quite quickly. So there are people who won't even claim benefits and who will just say, look, that's it for me. What I get here, it, you know, if people give me something, you know, yeah. And so there's a high degree of depression, um, probably untreated, a lot of it. Um, but but what happens is you don't want to escalate from somebody who's suffering from depression and trauma into some ridiculous diagnosis of psychosis, for instance. And I think that then destroys your credibility. And so that's what happens is you begin to turn sort of in, on yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are you know, adapt to what they do and, uh, and and people are sort of helped to a certain degree. Often it takes, you know, two or three times to try and give up cigarettes, alone any any other um, uh, substance. So, um, but it's availability and cost um, and, and people can become discouraged and, uh, and, and, and unwell, 
unwell generally, you know, not just because of a substance, but because um, of poor food and, uh, mm, and um, of course. You know, yeah, dentistry and what have you. So, of course. Yeah. Unfortunately, we run out of time, guys, but um, I'm just glad that you guys had a chance to give the voice for the homelessness and this is an opportunity for mob to listen and take in. You know, there, there are a lot of mob on the streets who are intellectual, who are very smart and have just had a, um, hard luck. But thanks again, Sue, for your time and thank you, Sydney. My young on, my young on, my young on. My young on, my young on, my young on. My young on, my young on, my young on. My young on, my young on, my young on. Standing strong against the tide. Look at the world through different eyes. the ground When you wake up the world is spinning around Yes, you're on Urban Dreaming. This is Sarami on the mic and... And And that song was Mayama by Yurumul. And that's, um, that's actually Jeffrey Gurumul's uh, nephew. Ah. How cool is that? Lovely. So just because it showed runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we're about to introduce our special guest. So tonight, 
uh, in the studio we have Vateracio Tuikaba, who's a Footscray-based Fijian-Australian musician, rapper, filmmaker and actor. Tuikaba has performed in theatrical productions with Melbourne University since 2016 and since 2014 he's been making films in association with the Footscray City Films. His most recent appearance in So Long, written and directed by Caitlin Ferugia and Michael Jones, premiered at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival 2018 at ACME. Tuikaba performs locally around West Melbourne establishments. His upcoming show will be at Sloth Fest at Sloth Bar in Footscray, starting at 1pm on the 31st of March. His music is mostly influenced by soul, folk and R&B musicians, including Paula Nutini, Rex Orange County, Michael Kiwanuka and Leon Bridges. He places his own twist on these genres by performing with the ukulele and taking inspiration from a specific roots. And speaking of the ukulele, he actually brought his ukulele into the studio tonight and we're going to play some live music. So, um, hit it. Hello. Uh, the song's called uh, JPS Blue. JPS Blue, what the lame line do? If you came with the crew, you can take mine too And it's a shite haiku, but the mic might do Yo, your boost tied too, man, I'm rude, what it do? I'm aloof, I'm the truth, and I'm screwed to my roots From the roof to the boot, heads loose to my tunes If you do what I do, you too drink a few But I'm cute and I'm cute and I'll feud if it's too Uh, dum 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 Never really wanted anything new. Neither did you was it your parents claiming I wasn't true. The human to another thinking about money and clothes. Straight to my broom. Fucking kick it on the balcony. That's how we do. You wanna go out with me? You do you boo. I'm quite inclined to find a beat in time to tune off. My flavor, repeating what I say. I forget the misbehavior. I created this to date ya. Not if I page Then think of something major. It's the 20 past four and I'm flawed out in the nature. Strip if you feel me. Wanna think before you tell me why be compromising, cutting ties for window wiper feelings. Just don't tell me that you read it. I heard that when I said it to the camp. Three years where man's are gonna forget it be come beheaded and blended in your chest and thinking back and fucking pat was pressing all them lessons yeah all of these stressings blessings up in dresses testing all them lovers just to get them into heavens why i won't mind i'm lying down behind i'll be baby free to blaze the weed or die to get inside then i ain't voodoo sucking i just hope these ladies like i'm here don't want to walk the wall of china with that one beside him but to get there you draw a single for a pair and you can live one life until you find that you need someone that does this me love is it just the drugs just sail away and feel the pay the heart that will get sunk because i love above until i love again don't feel the need to say that you ain't claim the shit to him cause those are porky pies and i'm writing in a sookie sad song about a righteous not a fighting i just love that shit but i don't want to know your name i know you didn't ask for mine but you won't do the shit again we will go insane and claim it ain't in vain but then about a month will pass and it'll start to feel the same we will start to feel the pain for me it's to our chest fading out the base until it's definitely for the rest but don't stress a bless you lovers test listen to my lyrics you ain't need to reassess whether y'all are really phony and i know you want to know me with a movie on your soul Call a pizza pepperoni It ain't hard to keep it real For the people who you're into If you foe Then you know that us Will discontinue Just feel it in you And if you can't Just sit dude Who are y'all to blame It ain't broken It's within you It's within you It's, it's within you Who are y'all to blame It ain't broken It's within you It's within you It's, it's within you Who are y'all to blame It ain't broken It's within you You yeah. Cheers team well awesome. done, well done. Thank you for that. So um, we got to meet you. I got to meet you at the uh, the Black Knight. At Black Dot, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. that's the Black Dot Gallery. Yeah, I was just blown away by your presence. You started off the yeah. show, and it was um, it was organised by um, a mate of mine, Alec Reed, who is a Fijian as well. Um, and he recently got me in touch with the the community around Melbourne, the New Wayfinders. So they're they're pre- they're like a Pacifica group of just a bunch of young, cool artist people who like to get together and stay, like, connected with the culture and stuff. I've always wondered with the ukulele, Mm. um, does it mean you have to... you can play the guitar as well? I don't know, I've always been um, unsure about that. The only reason I started playing the ukulele was because my guitar broke and I've been too... I say it's um, because I'm broke, but it's really just because I'm too lazy to get that one string fixed, and it's been <laughs> it's been missing for two years now, no. and I haven't gotten it. I haven't gotten that one string replaced, so now I know how to play ukulele. But it's great because it gives strings. you your uniqueness, I guess. Yeah, it has it has come in handy. It's um, definitely been an unexpected sort of 
staple of my of my performances now. Like um, I'm the guy that plays the ukulele. I, I didn't realize I'd grow up to be that guy, um, <laughs> but that's fine. You know what? If it if it works, people seem to like it. Yeah, sweet. So um, and you've actually done a film as well for the yeah. queer festival. Yeah. So that was, us know more about that as well. That was so long. It was um, written directed by Caitlin Frugia and Michael Jones. They they contacted me through a film that I had made myself. Um, with Footscray City Films, um, I put that on Vimeo, and only like 300 people saw it. It's called it's called Here's the Thing. If anyone wants to check it out, <laughs> get the get the view count up. But yeah, they saw that like of the few people that did, and they sent me a message, and they were like, "You make films sort of like the way I'm the way we make films. Come be a part of it." And I sussed out all of their all of their stuff, and it's really good. And yeah, it was just really cool to be a part of because especially the film that they. The characters a part of the film are very real because th- there wasn't much of a script. It was all basically just real people getting in to like basically make these scenes together. And it was interesting. The person who I was playing opposite uh, um, from Eva Seymour, she um, was playing a character who was a um, costume designer in the movie. And so it was interesting not only having the story be about... Um, two women in a gay relationship just make that a story um, but also of the fact that um, they're sort of bringing out a lot of points with women in um, the film industry and it just kind of coincidentally came out after the Me Too movement as well like we filmed it like late 2016 and then it was released kind of weirdly right after the Me Too movement came out so it was kind of perfect timing for the release date yeah wow and did much of your did much of your pacifica identity come into this film in that film not necessarily which is kind of all right i do appreciate not necessarily being um sort of typecast a lot Mm. and it was good that they um sort of gave me a role where i wasn't just reliant on being the one brown boy the one brown dude in a movie Mm. because that will happen a lot but it's good um yeah it's good sometimes when you don't just have to be associated or just like like labeled or token token yeah yeah so it was cool um not necessarily being a part um being like that now i don't know anything about film i don't know anything about film or the film industry or how it works or or what it's like so just like tell me tell me a little bit tell us all about it you think though absolutely (laughs) so photogenic um um, the film industry is um something that i I, so when I first, when I was younger, I wanted to be an actor a lot. Mm. Um, and like I was saying before, I was just getting a lot of roles where people were sort of typecasting me as, you know, the the brown one. Um, and it's good, it's good um, especially lately, especially in Melbourne, um, there's a lot of um, filmmakers out there um, who want to just really encapsulate um, the realness of... Um, like the people around them in the community mm. and stuff, especially Footscray City Films. A lot of the, a lot of the movies that are coming out of there um, are a lot more real than I was like expecting um, to expecting them to be um, going into it. Um, so it's good. Melbourne, Melbourne's got a good um, underrated, um, you know, film culture. And you make films of your own. I did. I have did? Um, not recently. <laughs> I, I have a couple of films that have been in have been in, lost in the abyss of post production. Um, they'll they'll get done um, pretty soon, so everyone can stop emailing me. So, what medium <laughs> what medium is better in for you personally? Is me- it music or is it? Film? Well, that's the thing. I was actually talking to Eunice about this the other day. Eunice is here, by the way, for everyone. Um, Hi, Eunice. Um, Eunice. <laughs> um, I I've gotten into this stage recently where I really don't want to be dedicating 100% of my time to just one thing. Mm. So doing music, um, especially performing lately, like Black Dot was actually my first um, sort of like live gig um, outside of a bar. Um, So music has actually only recently like started to become much more of a part of my life. Um, Before then it was film, before then it was acting. Um, So I kind of like to keep refreshing myself a whole, a whole lot, and don't really like to get tied down to just the one, mm. the one idea. Is know? there something else that you got your eye on? Some a different area that you'd like to be trying? I want to learn how to make um, cook fish this year. Yeah, yeah. I, that was actually my my New Year's resolution. Did you say cook fish? Cook fish. Yeah. Oh man, I can help you. <laughs> yeah, <that>. definitely. <laughs> no, I def- I've, I haven't gone gone um, too well in my recipes. Like I got sushi today, but that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been the extent of it so far. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, I was just thinking too, um, as, a, as a performing artist, you know, I know it's not the most paid job mm. in the world and, and unfortunately the government's just cut it back a lot too. And yeah. I, I, I wonder, like, for a living, you know, because we were just discussing about homelessness as well um, in regards to, you know, the, the situation of finance and, and having stability in your life. So what do you do as an artist? You know, we're basically homeless in a sense too, aren't we, as, as performing artists? Yeah, like I have, uh, I have a, my, my own job, like in my own time to pay the bills, but it is... It's a struggle that I suppose a lot of artists have to, like, kind of come to terms with when you're either going to dedicate your entire being to this and, like, I want to be able to... Obviously, like myself, I want to be able to live off the things that I create, but you can't do that when you're just starting out, and it's difficult being able to transition from, um, you know, struggling to pay the bills to struggling to pay the bills, but on my own terms. And I want to be able to at least get to that point where I can, you know pay rent, pay the bills, pay for my Mikey fines and like just off my um off the money I earn play music and hopefully um doing more films. I actually am doing another movie with um hopefully with uh, Michael and Caitlin pretty soon, which is in the works. Um we should be shooting hopefully around July. Great. Yeah. I'm also thinking have you ever done in many uh educational programs with students or otherwise are you willing to? And Absolutely. Yeah. I Myself, I don't think I have the best. Um, like, I would probably take the backseat to a lot of um, people who have a lot more like expertise in actual the you know theory of music. But I do like um, writing like lyrics and stuff. And I think um, I've always wanted to you know sit down with like just a group of writers and just you know what can we make today? Um, it'd be cool to do that with um with a bunch of people. Cool, cool. Day. Well, speaking of songwriting, you got another song for us? I do have another song. Um, what should I play? I did have something prepared. Um, <laughs> all right, this one's called um, Summer of Maggie. It was um, initially a reference to the Summer of George, and now it's a reference to Two Minute Noodles. So um, <laughs> this, is, this is that song. Is it chicken noodles? Or? Yeah, chicken noodles. Yep. Chicken and egg, just the way Mama used to nice. make it. Nice. I love that. Right. With a bit of soy. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, Summer of Maggie. Concentrated my writing, dividing evil. Oh, I just want to spit a perspective to all these people that I know opportunities rarely ever get sick. Would never answer the phone when you know, just want to see you. And now you got me thinking, maybe I should spend the night. I'm thinking drinking's got me sinking. Once you're gone and cut that line, oh, it was fine for the rhymes, left the signs I miss you. I just want to rap about the times I will dick you, but there were plenty. 
before it ended I might put it in a song along with things I should have said And then maybe when you think of me you'll think I'm quite legit I just wanna replace memories of me that prick away with sick For we trip for we flipped another issue I know you'll be happy if I never say I miss you I was mean and green, obscene and so fussy You told me yourself, you thought you really could have loved me Would have flipped shit on you too If you want the truth, I'll see the thing with me and you Was that we never thought it to And if we ever thought it through, we could have caught up to them clues Kicking down the walls that left their heavy home to fall Bowl full of noodles You fly away, your crew's ungone About what says I don't I want some more Bowl full of noodles You fly away, your crew's ungone About what says I don't I want some more Yeah So, right, so cool. <laughs> Cheers, guys. So what do you call that song again? Summer of Magic. Summer of Magic. Yeah, that's Vatericio. Vatericio? Vatericio. Vatericio. That's right. Chua Yeah. So um, I was just listening to your music then, and you sort of slightly reminded me of um, Ben Harper, actually. Ben Harper. There's, a, there's a temper to your voice. Mm. Um, which is um, it's quite beautiful to listen to. I just felt like we're just serenaded right now in the studio here. <laughs> um, yeah, Chris's fly is sort of a little bit uh, flustered. <laughs> um, but in general, uh, your your work is amazing, and, and I you know I think in in perspective of of what you are um, as an as a Pacifica artist. Um, It's great to have that uniqueness as well as your ukulele from, I guess that comes back to Pacific mm. Island, you yeah. know, um, so keeping the roots strong. Definitely. It was um, like, I do, I do kind of feel the, feel the culture running through my veins when I play it, but um, it does, it is helpful, especially listening to like old, old music, especially old reggae music, which is pretty bumping in Fiji at the moment, um, to be able to feel that vibe um, and hopefully not necessarily like take it on entirely but at least be influenced by it and have it um have it with me yeah yeah i think um with your work though what are your dreams now from here what are you what are you thinking um oh true that's a good question i should i should have an answer for that but i don't um mostly just make some cool art with some cool artists um i don't really see myself being much of a um you know shoot for the stars kind of dude this is really good um really being a part of a community of artists as well like everyone getting together and like making goodness with each other yeah when you discovered uh, i guess you had a voice how old were you i would have been i think I've, i was always singing i think just after a while um i kind of forced myself in front of a microphone like i've been singing since i was a kid so um eventually You know, practice makes perfect, I hope. Um, we're getting there. Um, yeah, since I was a kid, I suppose. Yeah, cool. Mm. I was actually uh, told practice never makes perfect because there's no really? such thing, but pra practice makes permanence. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it because, um, you know, I guess when we practice, we we become better at it and, and we never forget it, do we? Mm. It's like riding a bike, yeah? Absolutely. Some people forget, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And now you've got one more for us. Yeah, um, this one's more of a recent one. Um, it's called No Rush. I have made a few mistakes. Razors can't erase a burn sudden place next to Satan to all mates. And I got this fucking face that I really rather change. Got a lot to say that I don't think can wait. No rush. No rush. No rush. To my mom and dad, I'm glad you did the best with what you had. To the girls and all the lads, it's the test of time we ran. But to the people I made sad, I feel genuinely bad. You'd expect all of that, but you see when you step back. That I'm an asshole and a hypocrite But you get what you get when you mess with this And I'm a hard guy to forgive 
But we have our lives to live Baby, pull up at the crib If you ever want a drink Or if you need time to think Well, darling, get that thinking day No rush No rush No rush to that music and I, I think sometimes isn't it crazy you could probably say anything and, and sound beautifully sweet but you could probably swear someone black and blue and they wouldn't even know because the ukulele is just one of those the ukulele makes it a whole lot easier one of those instruments yeah. isn't it yeah, <laughs> I've written some trash songs about some people who, like, yeah <laughs> so where can we uh, listen to you more how, how do we find out and um, um, yeah, do you have Instagram or something I've got Instagram uh, Vatoresio um, and Twitter at Vatoresio how do you spell that just for the listeners V-A-T E-R-E-S-I-O. If you don't know, now you know. Um, go ahead and give it a follow. Oh, I kept going. That oh, sweet. That's great. So, yes, yeah, Instagram and Vatoricio. Yes. Yeah. I say Vatoricio, but I keep getting... Vatoricio to Wikaba. Vatoricio. Do you know the full name? Vatoricio. Yes, please. Brian Selakotonga Apataya to Wikaba. Oh, yeah, that's easy. No it's worries. Yeah. I'll just write that down for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even. Oh, it's just been a pleasure to have you boys um, in the studio with us tonight. Um, there is his friend, of course, Eunice. And um, it's also a pleasure to have my sister girl here, Lani Ook. Thanks and, for having um, me hopefully again. hopefully we'll have you more. Yeah. Which is great. Looking forward. <laughs> Listening to Urban Dreaming with your hosts Sue Rummy and Miss Elanius, a show that aims to bridge the gap and close the divide. You can stay up to date by adding us on your Facebook and download the podcast from joy.org.au. Urban Dreaming on Joy 94.9. <laughs> This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.